If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer, Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. One more time, bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck and promo code buck to get 10% off your first order. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll through the Wednesday edition of the program. I would bet, might venture to say that there are some of you out there a little bit hungover, maybe uh, feeling the effects of a night of celebratory Halloween revelry. What's crazy is we are now, we've talked about this from a political perspective, 23 days, I believe 22 days away from a very early Thanksgiving, November 23rd. There's a lot of different storylines that still have to play out between now, Thanksgiving, and on into Christmas. You will be hearing the Mariah Carey All I Want for Christmas song everywhere. When do we... Uh, go ahead and make the switch to full-time Christmas music on this program. Is it December 1st, I think? I believe it is December 1st where everything becomes Christmas-related. Second week. Okay, well, that's uh, we used to, for Sports Talk Radio, have to go to all Christmas music on December 1st because still in this day and age, people are so obsessed with Christmas music that it becomes the number one rated uh, format of radio for all of December. Just crushes everybody else. So uh, that is uh, not very far away. But, Buck, I wanted to hit you with something that is not necessarily top of mind, but I think could be really, really significant if this Israel and uh, Hamas issue continues into 2024. Uh, and that is the toss-up state of Michigan. Michigan, I believe, according to the tally, was won by about 150,000 votes, if I am not mistaken, uh, in the, uh, in, in the 2020 election. And before that, Trump won what? By like 15,000 votes in 2016? I mean, it was a, a tiny pinprick that he won that state. Flip back to Biden. 
I don't know how many people are aware of this. Certainly all of you listening out in Michigan are. I would not have been if my wife were not from Michigan and I had not spent a lot of time up there. There's a huge Arab population in Michigan. Well, the dear m- Muslim, Muslim population more broadly. In particular. As well. H- hundreds of thousands, yeah. Yes. And around the number is 150,000 voters of Muslim descent voted in the 2020 election in the state of Michigan. You might be saying, okay, well, that's interesting. That's actually the margin of victory for Biden. And they overwhelmingly broke for Biden. There right now is a poll out saying that the, uh, th- that voter group, that Arab voter group has around a 17% approval rating for Joe Biden. So I just want to lay out a scenario here for all of you to be thinking about as we move closer to 2024. Let's say that we've got Trump v. Biden a rematch. Uh, let's say that you've got somebody like Cornell West who's on the left that is saying, uh, Israel is, uh, is, is to blame here. Uh, the Palestinians are the aggrieved party. And let's say a lot of those voters who otherwise were supporting Joe Biden, Arab background, Palestinian background, either vote for somebody else or don't show up. And there's also a large Jewish population in Michigan. Let's say that, that, that Donald Trump, and this is not crazy, maybe 10 or 20,000 Jewish voters switch and vote for Trump. That could be the difference in Michigan by itself. And that could be the difference in the election itself, which is kind of wild to think about. I think the, uh, the Israel Hamas war will be over long before the height of the election cycle for 2024. So I would take that into account. I think that people will, um, be looking at a lot of other things as well as things come along. But one thing you do have right now that is starting to unfold, Clay, is the prospect of primary challenges. Yes. For members of the squad specifically or far left congressional Democrats being primaried by their own side over. Now that I think is going to happen. Uh, I, I think that there will be, um, you know, the, the machinery of the Democrat party is looking at this and is, is basically coming back and saying, this is too much of a liability. I mean, here's a story. It's a Washington Post story. Squad members face Democratic primary challenges over Israel stances. And they even mention a St. Louis County prosecutor named Wesley Bell, who has dropped his, uh, his challenge to, uh, Senator Josh Hawley, who's going to run against Hawley. So he can primary Congresswoman Cori Bush. So, so think about this. This is somebody who has just decided, oh, I'm not going to try to, now maybe there's other considerations here. Maybe he had no chance against Hawley. Hawley's Whatever. very strong, but yes, right. still. But, but, but put that aside. He's decided, to drop entirely trying to make headway against Josh Hawley to defeat Cori Bush, who is a very outspoken uh, black female member of the Democratic you know, caucus, Democrat congresswoman. Um, and, you know, this is what I think you will like the general election stuff you're talking about that very well. It, look, how Clay, how long does this war go on? What are the casualties? Are there follow on terror attack? I mean, there's a lot of variables, right, that could affect those perceptions. Yes. But. We've been talking about this from the very beginning. There's the Joe Biden wing of the Democrat Party, which is at least 
ostensibly and in the main supportive of Israel, which is, you know, which is why the Biden came out, gave a speech he did, et cetera. But there's this hard left contingent of the Democrat party that has become so vocal and in the social media era gets so much attention. It's a problem. Like the pro Hamas wing of the Democrat party is a problem for the Biden wing of the party. No doubt. And, and by the way, building on what you said, New York Times today, in suburbs of New York, primary fight brews over Bowman's stance on Israel. There's a big article about uh, the Pittsburgh area district that has been represented uh, by a uh, relatively, I think, 35-year-old black woman. Front page of the Wall Street Journal today, again, this is me, old man print, uh, Democrats' fractures on Israel laid bare by the war. Uh, that is on the front page, and it talks about how direct these battles have become, and you can hear me flipping around the pages. Um, I, I kind of was stunned. I somehow missed some of this. Uh, Josh Gottheimer, who is a centrist, went after everybody who refused to vote to condemn Hamas and said, listen to this, Buck. On Thursday, I can't believe this hasn't gotten, uh, more attention, because you know, every time there's a Republican, uh, civil war. It's all, it's everywhere, right? Oh, Republicans, they're the not a real party it. anymore. They can't agree on anything. Josh Gottheimer tweeted, uh, that the 15 Democrats who didn't vote for the resolution condemning Hamas were quote, despicable and do not speak for our party. I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal. In response, one of those 15, uh, Democrats Andre Carson of Indiana called Gottheimer a coward, a punk, and invited him to settle their differences physically. Whoa. Did you see this? I, I, no. I didn't see this until I read it this morning. And, and so the fight over Israel and Hamas inside of the Democrat party has now accelerated to the point where one Democrat is saying, Fight me to another Democrat over what they're putting out on social media. And I do think this is problematic. Now, you're right in that, hey, what's the time frame on this going to be? But it definitely, remember, Elon Omar almost lost in her Minnesota district. I think she only won by a couple of hundred votes in a primary challenge. I think a lot of these squad members are going to face very significant Democrat opposition in their districts. And, Buck, I actually think, well, this is a good question for you because you, you've got the uh, the, the CIA background. If you were setting, we, we feel that Ukraine and Russia is just now set in a, uh, you know, basically a stalemate, right? It's going to exist for years yes. until something gets resolved. You think is uh, the Ukraine Russia is unlikely to be resolved before the 2024 election? That fair yeah, to almost, say? Almost no chance. Okay, that it'll be resolved. Over under how long does Israel Hamas and the tension that it has uh, unlocked in the Middle East remain a focal point? Is this a six month story to you? Three month story? Obviously, the tension in the Middle East is not going away, but this particular. Uh, this particular terror attack and the response goes on for how long in your mind if you were assessing it? I mean, just my, my sense is, and I could be, I could be way off. I'm obviously not an IDF military planner. Um, I think that this, uh, I think their campaign will be done within six to eight weeks. 
So by the end That's of the year, you would think that this uh, IDF response, at least to this initial terror attack, would be complete. I think, yeah, probably. And next summer, I think there'll be very little discussion unless there's some other, you know, major attack conflagration in the Middle East. I, I don't think that this will be in it. Look, look at how much Afghanistan played, the Afghanistan withdrawal played in the 2022 midterms. Almost yeah. not at all. Almost not at all. I mean, you barely even heard about it, even though we had all those visuals of people at the airport, even though we lost 10 Marines to that suicide bomber, even the Biden administration blew up a car. With uh, with a guy somebody and his innocent kids? in it, yeah. We're just you know saying that oh there are suicide members a total screw up. Um. Anyway, I mean you know this is didn't didn't factor into 2022. So I I just think that you're you know the uh, the Israelis are going to go in. They're probably going to have six to eight weeks of of uh, of operations against Hamas. That would be my that would be what I would think based on the size and the the situation they're facing. There'll be humanitarian stuff afterwards, and there'll be a lot of you know, UN meetings and resolutions and condemnations. Um, but I don't think this is, I don't think this is a top five issue for the, uh, electorate. I don't even think it's a top 10 issue for the electorate absent, absent a major terror attack on U.S. soil, which we'll talk more about in the third hour. But there are warnings from the FBI now, you know, is this a fight with Israel and Hamas and limited to it? Or does this become essentially Jihad 2.0, like what we saw, you know, 1.0 being 9/11 in the aftermath. Does this come and turn into something much larger? I don't think that that happens, but nobody can predict the future. I I think the 150,000 or so largely Biden supporting Muslim voters in Michigan, this will impact their turnout for but Biden. But Claire, remember they remember what the White House does though, right? They they say. You know, you have Corinne Jean-Pierre working in, oh, we're so concerned about Islamophobia, right? They they do this, they play both sides on this issue a little bit, enough that they give themselves the cover from the White House so that they don't alienate that, you know, the uh, the, the voter base in, say, a, a place like Michigan, and specifically Dearborn, Michigan, has a very yeah. large Muslim uh, and Arab Muslim population. So, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if they really blame, like, I think they also recognize the reality of American politics is what's Biden going to say? He's going to side with Hamas? No, they're going to make noises about humanitarian concerns. They're going to make noises about the need to be careful with civilian targets, which they're already doing. So, you know, I, I don't know that they blame Biden. Like, I don't think that the voters in, you know, I, I don't think that the voters you're talking about expect this White House to sound like Rashida Tlaib. You know what I mean? I, I don't think no, that that's I, their expectation. I, I get that. I think they could. They didn't expect Biden to be as pro-Israel as he has been. Really? I think so. Mm. I don't know. I mean, even go back and look at Obama's speeches on Israel. And, and Obama was particularly, like, Israelis knew that Obama was not on their, their side really. aggressively. But yeah. all, you know, that, that he had a lot of very, he was probably the most pro-Palestinian president. I mean, certainly in my lifetime. I mean, I can't think of anybody else. And, and, but all, you know, the U.S. aid to Israel continued and, you know, U.S. collaborative relationship with Israel continued. I mean, it, so there's a little bit of a bipartisan consensus that, you know, it's almost like Medicare spending. It just keeps happening. It keeps happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that it's an interesting topic to me. It's it's like everybody thinks that you're on their side until there's a fracture. 
and this identity politics coalition gets challenged and you realize that it requires a hard choice and that there is not an ability to say that you're on both the side of Israel and Palestine. Everybody has to choose in some way. I, I also think that there's a, uh, it's very clear with, with the Democrat base that the thing, the current thing, whatever it is, can change, you know, uh, you know, look at how they're trying to mold in. And I want to talk about this more Ukraine and Israel. Although these are like, this, these are very similar yeah, issues. Right. They're, they're, they're not very similar issues, but the current thing could change to be BLM 3.0 by the time we get to, well, they'll certainly you know, make summer. that attempt. I would, you know? I would wager a lot of money yeah. that BLM will come rising back up out of the ashes come june and july to and, argue that cops are racist again and threats of threats against our democracy and so you know i i don't know that that hamas is going to be particularly high on, on the radar when these voters actually go to cast their ballots but we'll, we shall see for sure uh what do you think by the way if you live in michigan if you have any thoughts on this one 800-282-2882 you know firearm sales are up over the last several weeks because of the threat of violence and instability because of these events in the middle east and also people have seen things going on where they realized they want to be able to defend themselves there's a spike in gun sales as a result of this and with gun ownership comes a responsibility to learn how to use your firearm safely and effectively Training is key, but it's not always easy to get to the range, which is why you should have a Mantis X. The Mantis X is a firearms training system that is a no-ammo, all-electronic way to improve your shooting accuracy. It attaches to your firearm like a weapon light, and then it connects to your phone and the Mantis X app. It gives you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique. I've got a Mantis X at home, and let me tell you, it is a training game-changer for your firearm. Most folks see an improvement within just a half an hour of using the Mantis X. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. If babies in their mother's womb could speak, what would they say? In the absence of words, they share the sounds of their heart beating, telling you they're alive and growing. An unborn baby's heart is already beating at just three weeks. By five weeks, you can hear that heartbeat on ultrasound, and that's where Preborn's network of clinics step in. 
Preborn is the country's largest provider of free ultrasounds, and every day they rescue 200 babies' lives by connecting expectant mothers and children. Those are pregnant mothers deciding on life or abortion. Most often, they choose life. For just $28, you can provide one free ultrasound to help save a child's life. $140 will help rescue five babies' lives. Donate via cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Visit preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Preborn has a 100% charity rating. Sponsored by Preborn. Uh, radio host Charlemagne the God was speaking about Eric Adams' uh, immigration crisis, and I, 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 lo- I thought this was interesting. He points out something that agrees with what we say here on this show a lot, Clay, which is that a lot of people are very left-wing on immigration until they have to deal with the results of being extremely left-wing and progressive. Play 17. Eric Adams was very progressive on immigration when it wasn't a problem in New York. Okay, when it was only Texas dealing with it, he was like, we need to open our hearts to the migrants. Now that they're coming to New York, he's like, build the wall! Okay? What it all comes down to is a lot of people are progressive in theory until they get tested. Half the people who want to abolish the police, the moment they get robbed, they're calling 911 like, send me your most racist cop. All right? Now, obviously, he's making some jokes there, but I'll just say this is really the Achilles heel of modern leftism, liberalism, progressivism, which is they over overwhelmingly people advocate for policies they want for other people, Clay. They don't want to deal with the results of those policies themselves. And Eric Adams, New York City, with immigrants is a perfect example of it. No doubt. And you remember when the six Dallas cops got murdered by the BLM activists? Of course. Yeah. Shots started. What did everybody who was there protesting the police do? Run straight to the police and beg for protection. You yeah. are legitimately there in a protest criticizing police. Six of them get murdered by a crazy BLM activist. As soon as shots started getting fired, they ran straight for the police seeking protection. People are often hypocrites, especially left-wingers who live in gated communities and claim that we don't need to worry about our safety. While there's a lot to pay attention to in Washington, D.C., there's something else that I want to put on your radar. According to former Wall Street insider and digital currency expert Tika Tiwari, our federal government could soon announce a mandatory national recall on the U.S. dollar in favor of a new digital currency. This would be a new digital version that could well be announced by the federal government sometime this fall. Tika is exposing this government plan in an online video and showing you the three steps you need to take to prepare. See the video online at this website, dollarrecall.com. That's dollarrecall.com. You can learn how to prepare before it's too late. Look, the video is something you can just go check out, see for yourself, and you can either heed Tika's warning or not. But better to know about it than to just go into this and let things happen, right? Go to dollarrecall.com so you can learn how you can prepare. That's dollarrecall.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Welcome back in. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on Monday's show, I think, Buck, with Mike Pence dropping out. Word was that he wasn't able to raise the money to be able to pay everybody on his staff, which is why a lot of guys and gals end up dropping out of the presidential race because if you're not independently wealthy, 
you have constraints there. Interestingly, there's a story about Doug Burgum, the governor of North Dakota, saying he's basically paid for his entire campaign on his own. Same thing being done to a large extent by Vivek Ramaswamy. So neither of those guys, given their independent wealth, would feel any of the same pressures that others might who are relying on donor cash. And the real question, and and I'd be curious to hear still from our audience, 800-282-2882, does any of this matter? Because if Trump has over 50% of the Republican support, it doesn't matter if anybody ends up 1v1 against Trump because he's going to win no matter what. Or is it the case that as many of these states start to come online and people start to vote, for instance, in in Iowa, in the most recent poll, Trump had a 43% share of the vote. Well, that's substantial, but it's not the majority. That would suggest that if everybody else in Iowa got out, there'd be 57% of people opposed to Trump. Now, the challenge on that math is some of the people who drop out, like I would imagine it's not that likely, but some people who were supporting Mike Pence might now switch and say, hey, Trump's my guy now. And really what you have to get to is, as each of these people drop out, where do their supporters go? I think it's unlikely that Trump wouldn't be getting a lot of them. So, question for you. Is there a coalition of anti-Trump voters that is over 50% of the Republican electorate, in your mind, or... Are we basically just arguing over who the last person to leave is going to be because the math just doesn't add up for Trump to lose? Well, what you've posed is the singular most important or single most important question of the Republican primary. Um, and I, I don't think that I have an answer. Um, uh, my, my gut instinct is that Trump's support is, is over 50%. So, so it, it wouldn't, wouldn't matter. matter. So it wouldn't yeah. matter, but. I, I could well be wrong and, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was wrong. I mean, but if, you know, if someone's saying to me, you have to put your chips down on the table, you have to make a call. I think Trump supports over 50% of the party. I think it's, uh, you know, Don Jr., uh, Donald Trump Jr., I believe is taking the stand maybe right as we speak or soon, you know, is shortly going to be taking the stand in the civil fraud trial in New York. I think this is working out very much as I anticipated and as we discussed on the show where you have, uh, any fair-minded person who sees what Donald Trump is going through comes back and, and, or, you know, looks at this and says, uh, this is obviously now witch hunt status. This has gotten crazy. They've got the civil trial. They're front loading that. And then they've got the four criminal trials all looming. I mean, the whole, the whole thing has turned into, uh, an absolute circus. And at least in a civil trial, I think he's willing to push back a little bit more and say that. Did you see this, brother, that, that there's also speculation about, I mean, assuming Trump has more than 50%, he's going to have to pick a VP at some point, not too far off. Congresswoman Mace. I saw this. this? Here, play this. This is 23. I think this was interesting. People are saying you're on the short list to be Trump's VP. After seeing what happened to Mike Pence. (laughs) 
Someone who, you know, was once claimed the future of the GOP by SE Cup. Is being Trump's running mate really worth it? Well, I haven't been asked yet, and mm -hmm. my focus is, is now on South Carolina, as it always will be. And I understand why people might be talking about it. I do a lot from women's issues, and Republicans lost women last year. But my focus today, as it always will be, I love the low country where you and I grew up in, mm -hmm. and that's where my focus is. Period. Is it intriguing, though? I think it's intriguing. It's interesting. And I, and I think it's, it's a conversation we need to have. It's intriguing, she says. I'm, I, it certainly, I think you're gonna, you can go with that. It, it is intriguing, but Clay, um, Trump has to pick a woman as VP, yes or no? No. I don't, I don't, I don't buy into this. Um, I understand, and look, I'm not saying that there aren't a lot of qualified women out there that would make potentially very good vice presidents for him. I don't think Trump has to pick any particular person. I don't think he has to pick a minority. I don't think he has to pick a woman. I don't think he has to pick a white guy. Uh, I think Trump has got a lot of options out there. The one that, and this may be the one that, uh, that, that doesn't end up happening, but to me, other than RFK Jr., who I think it's fair to say has kind of spiraled off, right? Although if you thought, that he could bring you some support. Again, I would be intrigued by that. I, I would, I, I, I still think, tell me if you think I'm crazy on this. Oh, I will. I still think Trump may consider Tucker Carlson. Wait, what? Yeah. Have you said that before on this show? I think we I said it back in April when Tucker, like, uh, you know, lost or, or his job initially. Parted, uh, but I was thinking about un this. Uncoupled from Fox. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was thinking about this, uh, the last couple of days, cause my conversation, my, my intuition, I think I said on July 17th that to me, Trump was going to be the nominee. And as we sit here on November 1st, my, if I look at the math, my analysis of the math is Trump's got over 50%. Now let me play this audio and then uh, we can have some fun with wait, the Tucker. Yeah, wait, 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 you, yeah. you, you kind of dropped a bomb there and then yeah. you, you know, hold, hold on. I, we, we, Tucker I think, Carlson as VP, you you really this is something that's because I, I told you RFK that's not going to happen because he's a lib and everyone's like wait a second he's a Democrat he's actually well, a lib so that's not going to happen but Tucker's my, not a lib my, obviously so my my preference if I were making a choice for Trump would be to solely focus on electability so if he asked me Clay who should I pick it, I would give the answer and he's not going to pick him and I don't think he would accept it. I would say take Brian Kemp and take Georgia off the table, right? Right. That's probably and then one of I the last people on the planet. He's more likely to pick you or me as VP <laughs> than Brian Kemp. But okay. <laughs> but that would be my answer. My second answer would be probably Glenn Youngkin. Cause if you think Glenn Youngkin could put Virginia in play in any way, I want to look at the electoral map. Uh, I would say look at Ron Johnson. Uh, up in uh, Wisconsin, there are people that I would point to yeah, and Perry say Lake I think they could make a difference. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, but in terms of spectacle and amount of attention, and honestly, quality of attack, which is a lot of times what you want as your VP, can you imagine Tucker on a stage with Kamala Harris in a VP debate and what he would do to her? I think Trump, if you're a showman, which we know Trump is, and you are looking for the best possible spectacle, also someone you like hanging out with, someone who will make really good arguments, someone, Buck, and I think this is important, 
who can defend you better than you can defend yourself, which I think Tucker could, if I were Trump, I would have Tucker Carlson in my final four or five people that I would consider to be vice president. I Is I, that I, crazy I, in your opinion? It, it's, I, I mean, I don't know. Would Tucker want? I don't know. I'm not saying whether job? Tucker would want to do it. I, I think, but are, are, are you I'm saying Trump, would it be an effective VP choice for Donald Trump? Um, and it, here, here's what I will say. You know, uh, like a governor from Indiana, for example, I know that he did that to shore up uh, some support with the evangelicals, but I don't think evangelicals are a problem for Trump anymore. I don't think they were in, in really in the first place. Uh, at least that was the thinking behind it, right? Yeah, right. Um, you, you, what you don't want is a governor or or a congressman or congresswoman from a very red state that brings really nothing that brings nothing to the I table. agree. Either, we agree either electorally that. or in terms of media sizzle. I mean obviously with uh with Tucker you get a tremendous amount of of media sizzle. I mean you get a lot of advantage out of that and then there's also a natural sense of Trump as the uh as the eventual kingmaker once he's had his second term and then there's somebody who would continue the America First movement. So no, I mean I I, I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy. I think I'm going to text Tucker in a second here and be like <laughs> Tucker is this crazy and maybe he'll come on the show and tell us whether it's crazy but uh, we're, we're in elections now are media fights. It's yes. not, they're not policy. That's fights. right. They yes. are media fights first and so foremost. who's better at a media fight than Tucker? If you, if you're Trump and you just like uh, some of you out there probably think I'm crazy and I understand, you know, but I'm just trying to think like Trump. And if you're already working towards who your VP you think should be to me, what does Trump need? Trump needs a absolute attack dog who is simultaneously a great defender of Trumpism, someone who understands television, someone who understands media, someone who is going to bring with him a strong group of supporters or her. To me, the question is, do you want an alpha or do you want a beta? If I'm Trump right now and I believe I'm in war, and I think he is, I don't want to be with somebody in a foxhole who is going to be constantly looking to me and asking, what should we do next, sir? I want a badass who's going to have my back, and if there's somebody running at me, he's going to pop up and take him out. And that's why, to me, if I were Trump, I think Tucker would have to be one of the four or five guys or girls at the forefront of my analysis. I like Nancy Mace. We've had her on the show. She's from South Carolina. Trump's going to win South Carolina. I don't know. I don't buy into this idea that Trump has to have a woman or Trump has to have a minority. I want Trump cool. to pick the biggest badass out there As to help know, him win. The, this point one with Trump is he doesn't have to do You know, you don't tell Trump he has to do anything, right? I mean, Trump will. The moment you tell him he has to do something, that's what he's yes. not doing. So, so that's why I, I'm trying to think like him. And then also the other thing we know is Trump is the consummate showman. He loves a spectacle. Name a vice president he could pick that would get more attention than Tucker. It also would allow him to continue his, you know, uh, his, his, his total ownership, I would say, of right wing media in many ways. Tucker, as you well know, very well liked, good dude. 
I mean, yeah. I, you know, well, we, in, we both like of, Tucker. We're always very yeah. honest about when we're friends with people and we talk about them on the show. So just think, uh, oh, I've got to do a read here, but I, I might have blown everybody's mind by just tossing this out. But I, I've been thinking more and more about who the VP is. And if you're not going to go super logical and just take somebody who guarantees that you should win a state, which is, again, what I would do. This is less crazy than your RFK Jr. as VP idea. I'm just going to say it. So there you go. It's less crazy than that. That I, that might be damning this this idea with very faint praise from your perspective. <laughs> uh But... Uh, I, uh, I, I think, I, I think it could make a lot of sense. Um, and I just want everybody to kind of think about it. I mean, in, in terms of, uh, in terms of the choice that you would make going forward, let me find my read now as I have, uh, I, I think rocked the entire universe here by, um, by tossing this out into the, into the ether. And I'm surprised that there hasn't been, frankly, more discussion about this, uh, kind of going forward. Um, but I want to tell you all about Legacy Box at this point. Legacy Box will hook you up in a big way with making sure that you can preserve your family memories forever. I just mentioned earlier in the show, Halloween was last night. I bet a lot of you taking great pictures of your kids, your grandkids, your family members, everybody out trick-or-treating. Not very long now. In fact, 22 days until Thanksgiving. How many great Thanksgiving memories have you had with your families? How many great, unbelievable experiences have you had uh, with everybody out there around Christmas or New Year's? How many of those are all in old video cassette tapes that are slowly fading away? How many of them are out there on unbelievably slowly declining old photos? Now's the time to preserve your family memories. I bet a lot of you are out there. You're a little bit like me. You got family members. You don't know what to give them for Christmas. You don't know what to give them that's going to really brighten their day. It's hard to shop for lots of people out there. Preserving family memories is something that everybody can enjoy. You get it on the digital cloud, it'll exist forever. How do you get hooked up? With Legacy Box. Tennessee-based company, my mom's hometown of Chattanooga. You go to LegacyBox.com slash Clay, you can get an unbelievable offer right now. Get your family's memories preserved forever at prices, the likes of which you don't find anywhere. That is LegacyBox.com slash Clay. They'll do a better job of taking care of your family and ensuring that you and all your loved ones for years and years to come are able to continue to experience the fabulous history of your family's memories. Get hooked up today at LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes and their families since 9-11. These are our first responders and service members who serve our communities and our country or those who die in the line of duty or are severely injured, and our veterans who fought for our nation's freedoms only to return home, fall on tough times, and become homeless. Heroes like Buffalo firefighter Jason Arno and his family. Arno was killed while protecting his community, battling a warehouse fire. He left behind his wife and a young daughter. In their darkest hour, Tunnel the to Towers provided Arno's wife and daughter with a mortgage-free home. 
The foundation lifted a financial burden, enabling them to stay in the home where they made memories with their hero. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Support the families of America's greatest heroes, the families of fallen first responders like Jason Arno, plus Gold Star families with young kids, severely injured service members, and homeless veterans. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Meet Kelsey. When she found out she was pregnant, she wasn't sure where to turn. But after meeting with the counselors at a pre-born network clinic, they welcomed her and supported her and provided her with a free ultrasound. Kelsey heard her baby's heartbeat and she chose life. When a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son, who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him. By introducing a woman to her baby on an ultrasound, a baby's chance at life doubles. Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. To donate, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. All right, welcome back to Clay and Buck. Just want to tell you in the next hour, we're going to be joined by Alan Dershowitz, professor at Harvard Law School, prolific author, you know, the Dersh, Alan Dershowitz. Uh, he's going to talk to us about all things Trump legal world and uh, give us his perspective of what's going on there. And also we'll talk to him some of the anti-Semitism on campuses and uh, what's happening with that. Um, we want to take some of your calls. Also, remember your emails. If you want to email us on the VIP side, go to clayandbuck.com, sign up, become a VIP. We got a caller in Detroit, Mike in Detroit. Mike, what's going on? Hi, guys. I like your show. Listen to you at 9, 10 a.m. So appreciate that. New affiliate up there, by the way, in the Detroit area. Appreciate everybody listening. Thanks. And the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) Wait, we missed the first part. What did he say? If if that happens, he said the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl. Buck, if the Lions win the Super Bowl, that's a sign that the apocalypse is truly here. My wife was legitimately (laughs) saying that last night, who's from the Detroit area. She had that exact statement because the Lions are now 6-2. and But continue. Okay, so uh, last week, uh, a female, I don't know if you guys heard about this, a female rabbi was murdered downtown Detroit. They still haven't determined who killed yeah, her. What, so. Yeah, what is the latest on that? Because uh, she was very well liked. I have read about that. Uh, very, uh, very prominent. And there are no more details about who killed her or why? Well, the the latest I heard a few days ago was that they believe they have a person or person of interest, that's it, uh, and, and they're keeping tight lip about it. Um, I have a feeling it it could be tied into what's going on in the Middle East, but they're keeping quiet about it. That and is the fear, I think, guess. that a lot of people all over southeast Michigan, particularly the Jewish community, has had associated with the murder of that woman. And, again, they've kind of kept it close. I think they've argued, at least somewhat publicly, because I've read a decent amount about this case over the last uh, week or so, that uh, that they did not believe it was connected necessarily to her being uh, head of the synagogue. But I, you know, I'm not an expert on Detroit murder investigations, to be sure. But I know that that is one that has shaken many people all over southeast Michigan. Coming up, I want to talk to you a bit uh, about the uh, funding for Ukraine and Israel, this emergency funding request that is out there, and also 
the Biden White House and uh, Biden senior level cabinet officials talking about the elevated terrorist threat against the homeland and what this has to do perhaps also with the wide open border situation that we are seeing and what our national security prospects look like going forward. We also have uh, Alan Dershowitz with us in the uh, middle of the next hour. So we are racked and stacked and have a lot to uh, to bring to, to bear to the conversation. And I'll just throw this out there right now. Clay, I was very sad. Last night, no trick-or-treaters, man. You got oh, a lot, though. Brutal. We had a ton. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer.